you are, dear. Do you want a pickled egg with that, dear? That'll be one and ten. Oh, go on, have a saveloy and all. You know you want to. That's right. Look at that. Lovely. Two and threepence out of half a crown. Done. Ta-ta. Oh, please, don't bully the customers, Mrs. Groins. How about you leave the customers to me, dear? Now, I'll need a few more plates and some more piece pudding. Oh, God, what's this? What? This? In with the card, dear. It looks like... Oh, oh dear. Well, well, I'll tell you straight. It's a deep-fried sock, dear. Oh, God, by the looks of it. Oh, not again. Oh, now, don't take on, dear. Oh, Mrs. Groins, an argyle sock. Oh, cheer up, dearie. It's not the end of the world. We're bound to find the other one in a minute. Inspector Steen by Lynn Trust. Episode 5. The Woman. No account of Inspector Steen's brilliant career in Brighton in the 1950s would be complete without the story of Adelaide Vine and the Great Fish and Ship Shop incident. Thereafter, he always referred to Mrs. Vine as the woman, as if, <clears throat> as if in romantic tribute to Irene Adler in Arthur Conan Doyle's A Scandal in Bohemia. However, when I asked him once whether that was indeed the reason, he confessed that he had never read any Sherlock Holmes and that he disliked literary illusion of any sort. He called Adelaide Vine the woman because it simply broke his heart to say her name. It all began one windy day in April. The sea was looking magnificently wild, I seem to remember, and the inspector had a small matter he felt we should discuss. So this so-called trunk murder, Brunswick... It's also in a suitcase, sir. Mm. He's been in all the papers, so it's like those other trunk murders in the 1930s. Yes, I know. Do you think we should do anything? Well, I mean, it's pretty ghastly. I might go undercover at the left luggage for a while, sir. See if any app boxes turn up. I've been working on a very convincing limp, sir. Would you like to see? Yeah, any ideas apart from going undercover? Well, no, sir. You won't make up again, Brunswick. Just some fake eyebrows, sir. Wearing them in. And that was when he bumped into Adelaide Vine. Oh! Excuse me, madam. Oh, pardon me. How silly I am. Yes. Um, well, good day to you. What an attractive woman. So, anyway, Brunswick, can you even imagine oh, sawing no. the limbs oh, off no. of a... What's that? Oh, no. Well, I think no. a lady needs assistance, sir. Oh. Are you all right, madam? Uh, forgive me, I'm Inspector Steen of the Brighton Constabulary, and this is my sergeant. Brunswick. Uh, Brunswick, yes. Well, I hate to ask, Inspector Steen, but in the collision just now, which was so enjoyable... Well, I enjoyed it, certainly. Well, I'm afraid I dropped something. Oh? What was it, my dear? Oh, you'll think me so soft and helpless and feminine... It was a basket full of kittens. Oh, oh And now dear. the poor little things have scattered in all directions. Oh, oh no, bless oh, them. Oh, no, oh, oh, come on, bless push, them. Push, 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 dear. Oh, look, it's shivering. Morning, Mrs. Goines. Morning, dear. Oh, you're looking ever so clever this morning, mm. Constable Twittender. I'm not rowing this skiff. Cup of tea? Gosh, thanks. Where is everybody? Do you think they have any leads in the twunk murder? No, dear, I don't. They've been chasing kittens most of the morning, as far as I can make out. How about you, dear? Well, I don't have much. 
but I spent yesterday with an old school chum at the foreign office, and then I made some phone calls, and all I know is that the suitcase was bought in Paris last month by two men with the KGB codenames of Lermontov and Bulgakov, and that the last time a torso was disposed of in this way, it was the Russians getting rid of double agents during the war. And, uh, well, that the, uh, the, the Russian operatives are, are currently waiting for a general signal to slaughter all the double agents who are vital to the security of Great Britain, and that the body was dumped in Brighton, because obviously another unsolved murder down here would scarcely raise comment. But tell me about the kittens. Well, I have never seen anything like it, dear. Men! Oh! Wave a pretty face around in front of them and they lose all the sense they were born with. Oh, blimey. Actung, talk H, here we go. And Mrs. Vine, everybody. Uh, you've met Mrs. Groins. Hello. And Mrs. Constable Twitten. Hello. <laughs> Kittens all tidied up now, are they, dear? Oh, you're so kind to ask. But I'm afraid there are darker matters I've been discussing with dear Inspector Steen and Sergeant... <laughs> uh, Brunswick. <laughs> dear, dear Sergeant Brunswick. Those aren't his own eyebrows, you know. Thank you, Mrs. Groins. What are the darker matters, sir? Anything to do with the Twonk murder? Uh, happily, no, Twitten. Mrs. Vine has a very singular story, which I have to say touches me very deeply. As we all took our seats to listen to Adelaide Vine's story, a hush fell, Caleb. <sighs> hmm. I, I remember one of the kittens, having escaped from the basket again, found its way up my trouser leg and started nibbling my socks. And I scarcely noticed. We were all entranced. I've recently acquired a fish and chip shop in Oriental Place, just a few hundred yards from the seafront. It was a considerable investment, and it's left me virtually penniless. I know what you must be thinking. I'm not very close to the usual idea of a fish and chip shop proprietor. <laughs> but I am a widow. And it was the condition of my late husband's will that I run such a business for... Well, for five years. Five years? Five? Oh, that's that's just unreasonable. I was completely unreasonable. Oh, Inspector. However, at the end of that five years, I will inherit a large fortune. <laughs> My husband was a kind man, a handsome and generous man. Yeah. It was only after his death, when the will was read, that we discovered he was also... A lunatic, <laughs> with a long-standing and powerful fixation on fish and chips that he had previously concealed with all the usual cunning of the mad. Cup of tea for anyone? <laughs> Coco? <laughs> this is worse than the Theatre Royal. Do carry on, Mrs. Vine. Thank you. We now come to my reason for asking for your assistance. My fish and chip shop has been in business now for two months and is prospering. <laughs> or at least it was prospering until a week ago when I discovered a deep-fried cigarette butt, a deep-fried flannel, oh. and a deep-fried postcard of Bogner in among the chips. What? It seems, you see, that someone is sabotaging the business. <gasps> that someone, some hateful Spiteful person is sabotaging my fish and chips. The swine! Oh, sorry, sir, I spoke out of turn. No, I think you've hit the mojuice there, Twitten. He's a swine, an absolute bloody swine! What can I do, gentlemen? If I'm forced to close, I will forfeit my inheritance. This all makes me very angry, sir. And me, sir. Yeah, imagine doing such a thing to anybody, but imagine especially doing it to this lovely fragrant... <sighs> Well, imagine doing it to her. Oh, 
Who stands to benefit if your business fails, Mrs. Vine? Oh, a distant cousin of my husband's. He lives in Finland. Oh, I don't think. Did your husband have any connections with the Brighton Fish and Chip Fraternity? Oh. Would any of them have a grudge? What a quick young man! Actually, there was a connection of my husband's. A man called. Yes, well, Ed Fitton's very clever. I think he's established that. Thank you. Gets on our nerves sometimes, but what can you do? <laughs> I think he's wonderful. Well, you're wrong. I'd like to volunteer to go undercover, sir. I'll ignore that, Brunswick. Yes, sir. Because you'll be pleased to hear that I have already assembled a pretty good working plan to help this lovely, lovely lady. Oh, Inspector Steen. <laughs> Mrs. Groin. Oh yes. I would like you to help Mrs. Vine at the fish and chip shop. What? Oh no, that's too much. Say it is. There will be an overtime payment of ten shillings a night, and as much nutritious rock salmon as you can cram into that capacious string bag of yours. <laughs> But fear not, you will not be alone or in danger, my dear. I will personally impersonate a customer all day, every day, until the culprit is apprehended. And luckily, when it comes to the pickled egg in large quantities, I have quite a phenomenal constitution. Uh, Sergeant Brunswick will be. Elsewhere,、oh. out and about, <laughs> investigating the fish and chip business.、Oh. And meanwhile, our young, wonderful, show-off, clever Dick Twitten here. Yes, sir. What, what can I do, sir? Twitten will have to stay here at the station and make the teas.、Huh? So, does everyone understand how we're going to break this case and save the day for this lovely lady? Yes, sir.、Uh, just one question, dear. Yes. I still don't understand how the kittens come into it, dear. I mean, she hasn't been deep frying them. My investigations were not onerous, as you can imagine. I've always been quite partial to fish and chips. The trouble was the inspector didn't want me to interview Adelaide Vine, which hampered me considerably in my investigations. No one in Brighton seemed to have heard of her husband. Meanwhile, the inspector had turned Oriental Place into his office. He was even writing his BBC wireless talks there and spending every waking moment with Adelaide Vine. Oh, Inspector, what beautiful handwriting you have! Do you always write your talks in your own hand? Well, yes, I I can't write any other way. May I join you for a moment? Why am I coming apart? <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Please, please do sit with me. That would be lovely. <sighs> Are you all right? You look a bit pale. Mrs. Groins doesn't like me. I think. Oh, take no notice. I feel that she's watching me. Well, that is partly the idea. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Oh, are, are you all right? Um. Oh goodness. Um. That was honestly the best deep-fried sausage I've ever had. It's just, it's just all such a strain. Well, of course, of course. I mean, there. And you've been so kind. Oh, good. And you're so famous and everything, <laughs> Inspector. I don't deserve such an honour. I had no idea when I met you the other day that you were such a famous and important man.、Oh. Everyone in the country listens to you on the BBC. No, not everyone. Yes, they do. Well, yes, all right. Most of them is true. <laughs> Are you all right now? Yes, thank you. Phew. <laughs> You're very beautiful, Mrs. Vine. You could call me Adelaide. Oh no, I couldn't. Good heavens, the idea. <laughs> the Are you writing one of your talks? Yes, 
It's about um, how the law defines a riot based on field versus receiver of Metropolitan Police, 1907. Really? Uh, yeah, what, what I'm explaining, basically, and uh, actually it is quite interesting, is that a common law misdemeanor... Can I get you some more fish and chips? Oh, uh, no, thank you. I can't imagine even having my name on the wireless inspector, let alone my thoughts and my voice. Oh, not as wonderful as you think. Oh, you're just used to it. I can't imagine anything more thrilling. Really? But I can't imagine how it could ever come about. <laughs> On November the 13th, 1945... Oh, you may recall there was a yeah. football match... Oh, Gordon Bennett, so it now must change to put in this. Only one at the Chelsea ground at Stafford <sighs> Bridge. Thousands of people unable to get oh, into the ground. He does sound authoritative, doesn't he, sir? Trespassed on neighbouring property, trampling and breaking. Oh, I remember this business as it happens. It was dreadful. Some people never saw their ladders again. One young woman, Adelaide Vine, was actually maltreated by a Mrs. Vine on the wire. I don't understand, so why would he mention her name like that? I think he's in love, the Britain. Receiver of the Metropolitan <laughs> I think he's actually in love. Their claim on the ground. There was something I needed to tell the inspector, you see. Something from which I had hoped to shield him. I'd learnt something that the inspector wouldn't want to know. That before she accidentally bumped into us on the promenade that day, Adelaide Vine had been asking in Brighton about him. She had been specifically asking how good he would be at solving a very simple crime, and by all accounts the answer she'd been getting was that he was, as a police officer, a complete goon. But this didn't solve the problem of why. What could Adelaide Vine possibly gain by having Inspector Steen sit all day in a fish and chip shop, not solving a very small case of commercial sabotage? A week later, on the day of his next broadcast, I revisited Oriental Place. It happened again, Sergeant. Oh, yes. An Argyle sock this time. I never saw how it was done, dear, and I was right here. It's my opinion that she's doing it herself, but for why, dear? I suppose if we found the matching sock, it might prove something. Oh, go and look upstairs, dear. Call me if any customers appear. You'll find Her Majesty in the corner with the inspector. <laughs> oh, and um, Chekhov. Oh, yeah, Chekhov. Oh, excellent. Yes, oh, you are clever. There's another H. Oh, of course. After the K. Really? <sighs> but, if you say so. Hmm, there must be more. Oh, I know. Dostoevsky. <gasps> Dostoevsky. Oh, this is going to be marvellous. <laughs> well, it's so nice to be able to help you return, Inspector. Yeah. Oh, here, Sergeant. Um... The sergeant. I was very sorry to hear about your unfortunate experience at Stamford Bridge, madam. <laughs> you heard? Well, country heard, I should imagine. Um, do you think we could have a word alone, sir? Oh, um, Adley, would you mind? Geoffrey, of course not, dear. Oh, you're looking very stern, sergeant. I do hope there hasn't been someone murdered with a trunk again. It makes one so very nervous being around suitcases of any sort. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, oh, what a woman. What a woman, eh, Brunswick? What a woman. What a woman. What a woman, sir. Pickled egg? No, thank you, sir. Ah, uh, this is a bit difficult to say to you, sir. Hmm? But I don't suppose it's crossed your mind that Mrs. Vine is not what she seems. <laughs> Look, Brunswick, I know you're a bit jealous. It's only natural. 
She called me Geoffrey, did you notice? The thing is, sir, there are no records of Adelaide Vine. Not anywhere. Nor of the husband. Nor of the will. Really? Well, what does that prove? Well, sir... It proves nothing, Brunswick. Or only that she's changed her name. I mean, no one gets such a beautiful name without choosing it. She's joining me in London tonight after I do my broadcast. Mrs. Groynes is of the opinion, sir, that the sabotaging of the fried food is being done by Mrs. Vine herself. Nonsense. Does she look like someone who wears argyle socks? It's some villain, Brunswick. A fish and chip shop villain that you have so far dismally failed to sniff out. Sir, I have reason to believe that Mrs. Vine has been deliberately playing on your sensitivities. That, in short, she did not meet you by chance, but actually targeted you. <laughs> You're mad, Brunswick. What do you think she is, a, a crazed fan? Let's examine some of the facts, sir. Don't take that tone with me, Sergeant. You seem to be particularly affected by her story of having to run this chip shop and having such a hard time of it. You felt you should help her no matter what. Why do you think that was, sir? That's none of your business. But I think it may be important, sir. Well, in any case, in any case, she couldn't possibly have known. Known what, sir? My own mother. Y your own mother? It's all right. It's uncanny. The exact same thing happened to Mummy in 1923. The chip shop, the will, the sabotage. Go on, sir. I didn't save her. You see, she needed my help when her chip shop was sabotaged, and I didn't save her. I said, Mummy... I do not believe you. And I've never forgiven myself. Look, now is my chance to put that right for dear, dear Adelaide. Bit of a coincidence, then. Well, of course it is. Adelaide couldn't possibly have known about my mother's chip shop. I've never told a soul. Are you sure about that, sir? Of course I am. What's that book, Brunswick? It's your best-selling autobiography, sir. Blast. I thought I should bring it along, sir. Now, let's see. Without prejudice... By G.M. St. J. Steen, chapter one, page four. The conditions of my father's yeah, all will... All right, all right. I will never forgive myself. Um, if only I could have another chance. Helpless woman, chips... That's enough. Gherkins, get my hands on the ruddy swine. That's enough. Look, you... You don't know she's read that. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but there's something going on here, and I think it may be bigger than a deep-fried sock. Oh, talking of which... I found it upstairs, dear, in Mrs. Vine's dressing table. It's the other sock, I can sir. see that. I've got to think. Oh, and I don't know if it's relevant, dear, but here's a copy of your book, dear, with bits underlined. Oh, look, dear, she's underlined this bit so heavy like she's made a hole in the page. What have I said, dears? Mrs. Groin. What are you going to do, sir? I don't know. Look, Mrs. Groynes, tell her I was um, called away. She mustn't suspect anything. I'll go up to London to do the broadcast as if there's nothing wrong. What on earth could she want from me? That's what I don't understand. Oh, no, sir, it's a mystery. Geoffrey, must you go? Uh, yes, my dear, but we'll be together soon. I absolutely hate you for this, Brunswick. I don't understand why you've brought me here, Sergeant. Where's the inspector? Where's Mrs. Groins? Where's the constable? The inspector has gone up to London, madam, for his broadcast. I have sent Constable Twitten with him as protection. Oh, I like Twitten. No, you don't. You're just saying that. But he's so clever. And so young and attractive in a clever, young kind of way. Were you ever like him, Sergeant? Uh, 
Brunswick. Yes, Brunswick. Brunswick. You can be quite insulting, Mrs. Vine. Ever since I met you, you've insulted me. I believe you like it, Sergeant. Oh, don't start on me now. I'm not going to fall for your tricks, am I? I can see right through you, thank you very much. Yes, you're much too experienced, of course. So much more worldly than the poor inspector. I'm in awe. Look, I'm trembling. Just tell me why you've been doing this. It's got nothing to do with fish and chips, I know that much. And it's probably got nothing to do with Brighton. For some reason, you wanted to get to Inspector Steen. Make him fall in love with you. But for what? <laughs> do you bear some grudge? Is that it? Yes. Oh, that's exactly right. A grudge. How clever you are. Don't lie, Mrs. Vine. Good heavens. I bet those weren't even your own kittens, were they? I hate kittens, Sergeant. <gasps> you are evil, Mrs. Vine, evil. Oh, yes? And I am unbelievably attracted to you. I'm ever so sorry, sir. But whatever she was after, she didn't get it, did she? Oh, I suppose not, Twitten. Except that she got my heart, of course. Wrung it out and then snapped it and drowned it and beat it to death and stuck a stick through it and drenched it in paraffin and set fire to it and then shredded it and ate it. I felt like that once. I sir. couldn't care less, Twitten. Yes, sir. Shall I leave you to read your script, sir? Yes. Yes, I, if you'd be so kind. Thank you. How do you pronounce that? Uh, Dostoevsky, sir. Oh. Read any Dostoevsky, have you written? All of it, I think, sir. Although not in the Russian, of course. No, no. Of course not in the Russian. Mrs. Croins will be here in a minute. I'm warning you, and she won't put up with any of this. Then I'll lock the door. Oh. No. Now, look here. I considered shooting you, you know. Shooting me? I knew it would make you trust me. People are always shooting you, from what I hear. Well, uh... I thought I might produce a tiny gun and say, I don't know how this works, and then just... <laughs> wing you, you know. <laughs> causing you exquisite pain in the line of duty. <gasps> Would that have worked, do you think? Would that have made you love me? Yes. <coughs> that would have done it. <laughs> I thought so. Oh, well, that's very clever, actually. See, I think the body in the suitcase is linked to the Russian spy network, sir. It's a message to the other double agents that the KGB is onto them. Twitten, I'm going into this building to broadcast my talk. Yes, sir. My heart is broken. Of course, sir. I want you to wait here, outside. This is hard enough to cope with without having to listen to nonsensical theories about torsos in suitcases. Of course, sir. Sorry, sir. 
May I ask what the talk is about this week, sir? Oh, well, it's a bit different this week. It's about uh, the rise in gun crime since the war. And I've written a little story using a number of outlandish character names, mainly drawn from the world of Russian literature. Hence your old mate, Dostoevsky. I see, sir. Why are the names Russian, sir? Well, no reason. It's going to be hard for me to say them, Twitten. Not just because some of them are unpronounceable, but because... Because dear Adelaide helped me to choose them. But I can cope with that. See you later, Twitten. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. What sort of names again, sir? Oh, I don't know. Um, Lermontov, Bulgakov, that kind of thing. Lermontov, Bulgakov. Oh, Quikey. Oh, Quikey, let me in! You've got to let me in! They'll kill all the double agents! You've got to let me in! So that was it, you see. She was a spy. The KGB needed to get a list of double agent code names onto the airwaves to initiate a mass slaughter. And they picked out the hapless Steen as the means of doing it. I mean, we were assuming that was the plan. Unfortunately, while Constable Twitten was racing to the studio and preventing the names from going out on the air and thereby saving the lives of field agents vital to the security of Great Britain, Mrs Vine was cunningly escaping from the station and disappearing into the night, never to be seen again. I will never quite forgive myself for that, come to think of it. But how did she get the gun, Brunswick? Oh, it's all a blur, sir. Does it hurt a lot? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, I could see right through her, dear. Uh, yes, but you can see right through anyone, Mrs. Groin, so it doesn't really count. She was very lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from being a ruthless spy and everything. Wasn't it lucky I put two and two together, though, sir? Saving all those spies and everything. Did you hear? I'm to be awarded a medal for outstanding cleverness. Oh. Here, where's all the tea gone? Um, <clears throat> there was a fresh packet here yesterday. Um... Did she, uh, did she say anything about me, Brunswick, before she, you know, shot you? What sort of thing, sir? Oh, I don't know, um, that she would always remember me, or that, that our love was a pure thing in a dirty world, or anything? Um, no, sir, nothing like that. Hmm. She was very beautiful, sir. Were you smitten, twitten? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's not fair, sir. No. <laughs> no, sir. Here, here, it's a good job she didn't use her kitten ploy to you, dear, or you'd have been smitten with a kitten. Twitten. Stop it! Stop, stop it! I'd have been bitten. That is not fair. That is not fair, sir. Really, sir. And that was how a great scandal threatened to affect the Kingdom of Bohemia, and how the best plans of Mr. Sherlock Holmes were beaten by a woman's wit. He used to make merry over the cleverness of women, but I have not heard him do it of late. And when he speaks of Irene Adler, or when he refers to her photograph, it is always under the honourable title of The Woman. In Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Inspector Steen was played by Michael Fenton Stevens. Mrs. Groins, Jan Ravens. Brunswick, John Ram. Twitten, Matt Green. And Adelaide, Janet Ellis. Music was by Anthony May. 
The producer was Karen Rhodes. Inspector Steen was a Sweet Talk production for BBC Radio 4. Well, all this standing around jawing won't get Comrade Nikita Khrushchev into the Kremlin now, will it? Ta-ta, dears, and thanks for all the rock salmon.